Good morning, St. Peter's. Um, would you pray with me? God, creator, redeemer, sustainer, draw near now. Amen. So initially, I'm going to say that um, the readings that I'm going to preach from don't actually line up with the gospel reading that Christine just read. And so I'll just admit that right now. And prayerfully, you'll love me and you'll receive the word that I believe God has appointed for today. And so practicing resurrection requires grit. It requires resilience and a way of seeing beyond our daily circumstances. To press forward in faith toward the things we can't see, the things we hope for, is just quite frankly hard. As I think about what it means to practice resurrection, the resurrection of Christ in our current world and context, I hear it as a call to dive into a deeper sense of seeing of imaginative imagination and hope, of dreaming and working with God on God's plan for wholeness, a dream that includes all of creation and is grounded in love. Love. I wanna use two of our readings or two of the readings I believed were um, assigned for today to talk about love. <laughs> love as a new commandment, and love as heaven and earth are joined to create the new Jerusalem, a city of God with us. And that's from Revelation, the one I got right. <laughs> I wanna listen for the I am making and it is done, the complex reality of the already and not yet, and turn our hearts to hear a new commandment for a righteous way of communal living, I wanna draw our attention to the promise of just what we're working toward when all the entire created order is made new. I wanna grasp hold of the end game vision. In our reading from Revelation, John banished on the Mediterranean island of Patmos shares a vision of hope, hope that surfaces in the middle of his despair. For John, the sea, the space between is a place of grief, a reminder of his separation from all that he knew of his persecution. Still, he dreams a dream in chapter 21 of God's plan after. He takes a space of grief and uncertainty and writes the possibility. John shares his own, but you can personalize it for your own experience. Fill in the blanks for yourself after the relationship ended, after the perfect job that wasn't the perfect job, after the diagnosis, after you said the thing that needed to be said and have to crawl forward from it, after you've been misunderstood, after the disillusionment and hurt, the many injustices, this world's pain and sorrow. Well, John's dream, his imagining from chapter 21 on, tells us a story of resurrection, of life after. His awakening imagines a way forward, a future that promises God with us. 
but I couldn't read Revelation without falling back on Jesus's words from our gospel reading that I believed was for today, um, where Jesus shares the new commandment, the commandment to love. And if you were here with us on Maundy Thursday, you might remember those final lines. Jesus, um, from our gospel reading, teaches us how to position ourselves to stand in the now of it all, even as the institutions and structures, the patterns and situations, the everyday experiences of the life we've known changes and falls away. Our reading helps us imagine a way forward. They are a compass pointing to love as the guiding force for our everyday hope and future. And we need that now. In conversations around here, transparent and wholehearted, we've shared publicly a bit of our personal hardships. We have aging parents multiple healing crises in this community, mental and emotional health challenges, COVID outbreaks, freak accidents, and of course, change. We're all wrestling with the tricky tricksterness of change as well, how we're all just trying, trying to keep it together. So to be sure, we've also got goodness to share graduations and college acceptances, much-needed vacations, significant birthdays and rites of passage, new jobs and news of new life. Yes, and amen to all of it. But it's the hard work of grief and mourning, the sorrow, the sickness and death that we're called to confront in this world and in Easter's tide, specifically to practice how we rise from the hurt of it all allow ourselves to be pushed along, carried even by the blowing breeze of faith into the next day and the day after that. To the up and down of it, Jesus says, love one another. Perhaps in doing so, we'll imagine our way into a time when these things will be no more. They will, as God promises, pass away as all things are made new. But until then, maybe even while all that is happening, God calls us into seeing. This is vision casting for God's dream of a beloved community, and it requires from us a deep sense of allegiance and alignment. As comforting as this vision of an all new and transformed world can be, we have to read beyond and perhaps before it, go back to with John's gospel, remember how we might get there, how we might experience it right now, how we might use the imagining of a new Jerusalem as a model of liberation and work to notice the thin spaces, the thin places, the bridges that help us see and enter in. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Love is our guiding and animating force. Love. Sometimes the simplest of truths can be the hardest to acknowledge, much less put into place. So what does loving each other look like? And will it be enough? 
Read along a text that promises the end of sorrow and grief, a text that tells us those things will be no more, we wonder if this love as antidote for the hurt might be enough, if even this work is our responsibility. I read the concluding lines of John's gospel and wonder how hard this will be. After all, Jesus commands that we love each other, but includes the fluidity of a word like if to make space for the freedom of will granted to each of us. Will we do it? Do we even want to? And if so, what does it look like? Love, as we know from 1 Corinthians, is patient and kind, not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrong, but rejoices in the right. And God is love. So this week, love looked like sharing how I'm doing with someone who really wanted to know. It looked like Christine praying for me before my standing committee meeting, and it looked like the joy of dancing on the steps of the church after service last Sunday. That's how love showed up at work. I have a whole other list of good things that um, looked like love for me at home. That's how God sh has shown up for me. That's how the God of love dwelt with me. I don't know about you, but I have to do this kind of thing, take stock of where God is showing up in my world, be intentional about noticing and being grateful for it. I look for it around me and for ways I can extend those same graces to others. Because in this first order, this first world, there is weeping and sorrow and hard and hurtful things. But as believers, as followers of Jesus, we're called to hold each other up, to love each other well. This is God's dream for us, God's deepest desire. God invites us into the fruition of this dream, the continuing development of this project, and we have a say in how it all pans out. If we have love for one another, we will be known as his disciples. We as believers will be a sign of the way that is Jesus. We get the angelic reminder of this love among us in Revelation. See, the home of God is among the people. This is where God lives. God will dwell with us as our God. We will be God's people and God, God's self will be with us. Love is at home with and among us always and forever. We are and will be identified by this God of love. And so I invite you to catch the vision because this imagining requires a reorientation. So no longer looking up, right? But looking ahead, walking toward the God in our midst, the God in front of us, toward a vulnerable love, the kind that uproots us, moves us to action, bids we rearrange our lives in pursuit of it. That kind of love is God's kind of love. When life is hard, and we all know it is, we have the responsibility of carrying out the work of love among each other. We have the incarnate Jesus, the body of Christ in the bread and in the body of believers, that's you and me, 
and we have the promise of God with us, at home, among us, and into the future, something new lies ahead. John's vision doesn't mince words when it speaks of the fire that will bring about such tumultuous change. Some things will burn, but the end game is all things new, a radically inclusive transformational healing of everything. Dreaming means seeing beyond, and dreaming means imagining and planning for life after. But this is no pie in the sky, just hanging in, hanging there until whenever. No, we are faithful stewards of the present moment, and we have instructions, even a new commandment, to keep us. We love now. We invest in the future with present and faithful action now. With John, we critique the culture, hold up a mirror to the institutions, even ourselves, when we collude with all that is wrong in this world. And we also call them in. We resist war. We work to change gun laws. We continue to work for the freedom of all, women included. In every way, we make room for hope. We believe in and work toward the dream of that new day. We are a people of vision casting, of dreaming dreams, of revelatory imagination. And by tapping into a deeper reality, the part of the mind, that part of your mind, behind your mind, that part that dwells with God, that part that assures us of our connection with God and reminds us of the promise of that union now and into the future, we can go there to that holy place to uncover the much needed source of divine wisdom and hope. We can go there and we can get this work done. We can align ourselves, our hearts, minds, and souls with the vision, join the chorus as it were, to sing a song of faith as we get in step with the new commandment, that commandment of love. We can orient ourselves around life, the risen Christ and practice resurrection, practice love until the dream of that world is as it should be, transformed, healed, whole, new. God is the hope of our everyday desolation, our quite ordinary aching. God is love. And we allow the spirit of love, give it space to move into our neighborhoods, to experience God, love dwelling among us. As we align our hearts with this vision, love moves in. Love is with us. Love cries with us. Love knows and holds every tear until they are no more. Amen. I invite you to a few minutes of silence.